You're listening to the Pedal Pumping Podcast, the podcast that explores all things pedal pumping. I'm your host, Mamie Footnip. I'm also a pedal pumping content creator and foot model and a bunch of other things that are not included here, but you can get links to my social media and uh, my clip store and OnlyFans and all that stuff on my website, which is MimiFootnip.com. I also invite you to email me at MimiFootnip at gmail.com if you would like to share a story on the podcast or have a question that you'd like me to answer on the podcast. That is my email. You can submit your stories and questions to me there. I'm always happy to get an email from from the listeners of the Pedal Pumping Podcast. Um, and I'm going to read a couple emails today. And I want to, of course, thank my patrons who make it all possible. Tevin, Jim, Riker, DBM, Not a Golfer, Sheldon, Rayshon, Steven, Eric F., and Eric J., Cranking Fan, and Rocket Man. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. And on behalf of all the listeners, thank you. Uh, it really means a lot to me personally. And I know that this podcast touches many people, even, um, you know, who may not step forward and contribute something to the, you know, like people who don't send me emails or people who are kind of quietly lurking in the shadows. I know that um, this, this podcast means a lot to a lot of people. So thank you guys, my patrons, so, so very much. We all appreciate you. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, everybody appreciates your support and that this podcast uh, is a thing. And it's almost a year. Uh, in March, I think we'll be celebrating one year of podcasting. I want to say podcasting greatness. I don't know that the pod that I'm such a great podcaster. I don't really know anything about podcasting except for that I yammer on each week about pedal pumping. <laughs> but I love it. I love talking about this stuff. And apparently you guys like to listen. So here we are. Uh, I'm going to read two emails today. And I'll jump right into that after a quick break. All right, welcome back from the break. Uh, this is an email that says, listening to the January 6th, 2021 podcast, I think he meant to say 2022 podcast, uh, I just wanted to offer moral support on the depression. I too have struggled with that and anxiety. Over the last 15 years, I have had four to five episodes that spilled over that it affected other parts of my life. It can be very unhealthy, but I will not let it define me and will keep working to succeed. Okay, I'm going to break into the email and say thank you so much. Last week I talked about that I have depression or I you know, have ongoing depression management. I, I like to think of it as something that I kind of manage. I do a lot of hiking and exercising and podcasting and pedal pumping. All these things can can help me, but um, for me it's, and I have therapy, you know, all the normal stuff that we do to just maintain good mental health, optimal mental health. Uh, the pandemic has kind of been rough, you know, isolation is like not great for 
depression. Uh, if you don't already have depression, you might have it now. My, without going into a lot of details, I, I wasn't somebody who I would say I was like, I wasn't born depressed. I had, I consider my depression to be a work injury. It was very specifically related to a toxic work environment that I ended up on a disability for a while. I'm, I'm no longer, you know, that was a short-term disability. Um, but it has, it has had a lasting, a lasting impact on my life. I thought that, oh, if I could just get out of this toxic work environment and with enough therapy and just time away, I would go back to being the person I was before. But my mental health never really recovered. And my psychiatrist told me, like, what it's like, it's like getting, I don't know, it's like having arthritis or diabetes or something. Like you manage it, but it doesn't, it doesn't really go away. Once you have it, it's there. So I've kind of, I was stubborn. I'm like, I'm going to beat this thing. Like, I'm just going to snap back to my old self. So it's really interesting. I'm one of these people who has like a before and after. Like, I remember life before depression and now it's like this thing I deal with and and that's okay. You know, whatever. It is it is part of my existence and my experience, but it is also really nice to be open about it and um as, you know, we all know mental health can be kind of stigmatized. It's nice to be open about it and it's also nice to hear your support and your own experiences and some of you have reached out to me and said yeah I totally I can totally relate or I get it or whatever and that is really affirming so I just want to send a big thank you to everyone who's been patient and understanding and kind to me and um <laughs> uh, yeah just thank you all it, that's really touching means a lot so I'm going to get back to this email <laughs> he says the story is using you in a fantasy realm, but without obtaining prior consent from you, a different name can be substituted. So I appreciate your sensitivity about consent, and I am going to just go ahead and read this as it was written with my name as the main character, because, you know, who doesn't, who doesn't want to be the star of her own show, right? <laughs> Let's be honest. So I'm gonna read this as uh, as it was written, and and it's a it's a great story to me personally because it also has some uh, biographical details, some accurate biographical details, like my 1979 VW Rabbit. So here goes. It was raining cats and dogs as Mimi made her way home from work. The storm had been lingering for a couple days and the rainfall totals were approaching five inches. Mimi chugged along in her 79 VW Rabbit looking forward to getting home and changing out of her 80s typical office outfit. Business dress with shoulder pads, closed toe high heels, and suntan pantyhose. As she neared her house, Mimi had to navigate several dips at intersections in her neighborhood. As she approached the last one, the darkness of the evening hid the standing water she was coming upon. Once she noticed it, Mimi knew it was too late to slow down. As she passed through it, the water came pouring over the hood. Within seconds, the engine started to sputter. Oh no, Mimi proclaimed. Please just get me home. As the dashboard lights began to flicker, Mimi pumped her high-heeled foot on the pedal, trying to coax it into staying running. 
Just as her house came into view, the engine stalled. Mimi threw the transmission into neutral and began to restart the engine while rolling. Whirr, 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 pump, pump. Whirr, 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 pump. Whirr, whirr, was all the car responded to her. With an inclined driveway, there was not enough speed from the car to make it into the garage without the engine assisting. Come on, baby, please. I need to get you into the garage, Mimi pleaded. Whirr, 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 pump, pump, pump. Whirr, whirr, whirr. Mimi turned the steering wheel into her driveway, but as expected, the momentum stopped her at the base, with the rear of her car spilling into the street just a bit. She kicked off her heel and went at it with her nylon-covered foot. Start, damn it! exclaimed Mimi. Pump, pump, pump. Whirr, 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 whirr. Pump, pump. Whirr, whirr, whirr. Mimi began to continuously pump the gas at different intervals during and between the cranking attempts. Just crank so I can park you! Whirr, 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 whirr. It was useless, though, as the water and drowned out any chance of the plugs firing. Still, she pressed on as she dreaded trying to get up the wet driveway in heels or ruin her hose by walking through the weather in them. Whirr, 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 whirr. Shit, she cried out. Through her desperation, she did not notice her boyfriend, Rick, had heard the cranking and popped out to see what was the matter. He jumped into the passenger seat to get out of the rain. What happened? Rick inquired. I drove through standing water and it killed my car, Mimi responded. I can't get it started again. As if to prove a point, Mimi twisted the key again while pumping the gas with her hose-covered foot. Whirr, 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 whirr. I think it is done for the night, Rick said. Maybe it will dry out and fire up in the morning. Why don't I carry you inside so you can de-stress and have a glass of wine? Mimi knew this dilemma was arousing Rick from previous car trouble that had occurred. He confessed while he hated to see her in bad situations. There was a turn-on aspect for him. You just want to feel my pantyhose while carrying me, and I know you have an erection from this. She slyly grinned at him. True, he replied, but do you have a better offer? I'll tell you what, Mimi proposed. You carry me in, pour me a glass of wine, and promise to rub my feet later. I do have something I will do for you. Being no fool... Rick dashed out the door, swung open Mimi's, and hauled her up the driveway into the warm, dry house. After pouring the glass of wine, Rick entered the bedroom to find Mimi sitting on the edge of the bed, still wearing her dress and hose. I thought you were going to get comfortable and unwind, Rick asked. I'm giving you a treat first, Mimi replied. Take off your pants and lay on your back facing me. Good boy. Now I'm going to show you how I tried to restart my car. With that, she proceeded to pump his genitalia like a gas pedal in her pantyhose, only covered foot, and made a motion like she was turning a key. Oh, come on, please start, she mimicked like in her car. Unlike her car, however, Rick fired up in a short amount of time. 
If only that car was as easy as you, she laughed. Rick knew he owed her big time for that experience. <laughs> All right. I love this story, Rick. Um, I, I love that you cast yourself as my boyfriend and we had a little uh, post-car trouble fun in the bedroom with, with a glass of wine and some a pantyhose covered foot and a gas pedal. I mean, that is pretty, pretty epic. Who wants to do this with me? <laughs> I think this would be a really fun, um, a fun thing. And I mean, it'd make a great video. Any takers out there, let me know if you'd want to uh, make this happen. I don't have the, the 1979 VW Rabbit anymore, but we could substitute that part. Um, I also don't really have the 80s outfit with the shoulder pads, but I'm sure that that can be sourced. Uh, so we can we can we can make this happen. I really like the story. It's just fun. It's just you know, it's not like um, traumatic car trouble. It's like the main character gets home safely. She's you know got car trouble in her driveway. Her boyfriend's home pops out, gets to enjoy a little bit of the action, and then they go inside and kind of take it to the next level. I don't know. I feel like this is maybe the thing that appeals to me about this story. Um, of course, the whole ego stroking by making me the main character. I like that. But also, it feels realistic. Like, this feels like something that if you were um, in a relationship with a pedal-pumping kink kinkster, you could really, like, do this. And it would be really fun. And it feels... There's something about it that just feels natural and realistic to me. And, and I'm I'm a big fan of... Um, realism so I don't know if I've ever shared that with with you guys on the podcast that I'm like whenever I read well I've been really into audiobooks lately it's always um, like I'm always listening to books about I don't know biographies and history I really like facts and reality and information more than like sci-fi and fantasy and uh, that sort of thing. And I think that that actually, I'm curious, you guys let me know. I really want your feedback on this one. Like I'm trying in my pedal pumping content to go more into fantasy, but my, my nature is to want to make it as realistic as possible. And so... I feel like sometimes that holds me back in my content, like in the sense that because I might be thinking like, well, I would never really say this or I would never really do this. And so I tend to want to replicate my own personal experiences in my when I'm filming. But I think that I and I have tried to push myself out of my comfort zone or out of my like happy place into exper other experiences. What do you guys think? Um, pedal pumping, should it be more fantasy oriented? Like it doesn't matter that it, this, that it's not realistic. Like for example, um, the things that, the main character in this case me like I'm doing and saying are, are not things that I would be doing and saying in real life does that matter 
is it or is is that like part of what's exciting and fun about it is that it's a fantasy coming to life you know like stuff that I that I contemplate like I try to push myself out into more of like a fantasy situation but I find myself always gravitating back to I want it to feel realistic and I think the story with Rick and Mimi you know the thing that I identified right away is like oh I like this it it feels realistic this feels like something that could really that would absolutely really happen um, versus something that's like really far out there Anyway, let me know what you guys think about that. Like fantasy versus like real, I'm, I'm using air quotes, like real pedal pumping, like reality, pedal pumping in reality versus fantasy pedal pumping, fantasy scenarios and, and things like that. All right. So I've got another story, another email um, from Mike. And this says, hi, my name is Mike. I would like to share with you my pedal pumping experiences. It all started with me when I was young in the late 80s, early 90s. I go on some member boards and I watch a lot of YouTube. However, I would like to share my most recent experience. So I stay in an apartment in Idaho. One morning I was getting ready to go into work. As I walk outside to go start my car, I heard a familiar sound of an engine cranking and not starting. I noticed this middle-aged lady trying to get her Buick started. The car looked to be in the mid-90s. As I climb in my car to start the engine and let it warm up, I cracked my window. I proceeded to listen and watch the lady as she started the car again. I could hear this slight thumping sound. I could tell she was a pumper. She must have cranked the car for a good 45 seconds. She then stops for a second or two and immediately starts cranking the engine again. I decided to get out of my car to see if she needed help. As I exited my car, I could hear her saying, I don't need this this morning. Start, goddammit. She was pumping like a mad woman. I kind of scared of her when I knocked on her window and asked if she needed a jump. It looked like she was in tears and she had a young daughter in the back seat. She told me yes. I pull in front of her car, hook up the cables. She was very friendly after a couple of minutes. She got back in her car. It was a longer crank than normal, but the car started. We have become good friends. We have hung out. I have taken her out to dinner and she's taken me out every time that I'm with her for the past six months. I wish her car would be hard to start. However, just this past week, I rode with her downtown Salt Lake City, Utah to pick up her daughter that she and her ex share custody with. We pick up her daughter. She needed to stop and get gas on the way back. After getting gas, she sticks the key in the ignition and the car started. I was a little saddened by this, I have to admit. As she puts the car in drive, the car starts shaking and you could see the lights come on the dashboard. She was immediately angry. It had started snowing and we were trying to get back before it got bad. She throws the car in park and mumbled something, please God, not now, and proceeded to try to start it as the car is just spinning over and over. My heart is sitting there pounding. She is sitting there saying, come on not here and slammed the gas pedal to the floor after two or three seconds she let off of the key and proceeded to try again this time pumping the gas the car started 
to act like it was going to start and eventually did. However, I did not know that the night was not over. The snow was starting to come down a little harder now as we left the gas station. I can feel the car shaking and acting like it wanted to cut off as we came to the red light. She kept one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake. We hit the main road, merged to 84, heading back towards Idaho. The car was acting better now about 10 minutes down the road. She puts on a right turning signal and gets off on an exit at the stop sign. She makes another right a half a mile down the road, makes another right into this little shopping center. She pulls up to the cigarette outlet. She's fumbling around and grabs her wallet out of her purse, shuts the car off and runs into the store. Less than five minutes she returned and I remember her putting three packs of cigarettes in her purse. She grabs her keys out of her jacket and proceeds to start the car. I remember us sitting there, the engine cranking over and over and over. She stops after 10 seconds, closed her eyes and said, God, please not again. She proceeded to start the car again with the same result after about five seconds of engine cranking. She started giving it a little gas. Her daughter was saying, Mommy, I'm cold. She let off the key. I seen the dash light up like a Christmas tree. She said to her daughter, You got to give me a minute, honey. I need everybody to be quiet and proceeded to try to start the car again as the engine turned over and over and over. She starts pumping the gas pedal harder. After about 30 seconds, she slammed the pedal to the floor and holds it saying, Betsy, don't do this, and immediately starts pumping the pedal and slams it to the floor again saying, God damn it, start. As she lets off the key, the dash lit up like a Christmas tree. I remember sitting there feeling so excited, like I was a kid again. The look on her face was worried and mad at the same time. She lets it sit. She fumbles around in her purse, takes out a pack of cigarettes. She fumbles around and finds her lighter. She's trying to light her cigarette. The lighter would not light. You could just see the spark. I remember her hitting her fist on the steering wheel saying, fuck my life. She tosses the lighter into her purse with the cigarette hanging out of the corner of her lip. She proceeds to try to start the car as the engine is cranking over and over and over. You could feel the car shake. Her pumping got more intense as she slammed the gas pedal to the floor. She is saying, come on, God damn it, fucking start. She seriously starts pumping the pedal again as she lets off the key yelling, God damn it. I sat there in amazement trying not to move. I was hard as a rock. She reaches for her lighter and this time gets her long cigarette lit. She takes a drag off her cigarette, puts it back in her mouth and proceeded to try to start the car as the engine is cranking over and over. I could sit there and tell the battery was getting weak. She is pumping in desperation. She slammed the gas pedal to the floor virtually saying, please fucking start, please fucking start. As the battery finally wears out, we ended up having to get a motel room and get the car towed. The coil pack was bad. Okay, first of all, I gotta say, um, I had some I struggled you could probably hear me struggling reading this because 
there was not a single punctuation mark in this entire story not a comma not a period so as i was reading it i was trying to guess where the pauses go and i stumbled quite a bit so my apologies but not totally my fault <laughs> okay i so i did my best also the the verb tenses were going back and forth and uh you know i'm an english teacher so <laughs> But I that's not to criticize. I'm just saying that made it more complicated for me to read it. So that's my excuse. I want to... Um, <laughs> uh, but I do like the story, Mike, and that's why I wanted to read it. I thought it was... Um, she's quite a character, isn't she? And having lived very briefly, I spent like, I don't know, a year in Salt Lake City, Ogden, Salt Lake City area... Um, did a lot of snow hiking. Uh, I really love that like Salt Lake City is part of the story. And um, yeah, I love Utah, actually. There's just so many, there's so much like outdoorsy stuff there that I dig. But anyway, pedal pumping. I, I've thought about how it'd be cool to um, do stuck videos in the snow there because I often would go hiking and there are many times where I thought, oh my gosh, if it keeps... Like, I can't park at this trailhead because if I come back, my car is going to be stuck uh, if, if the snow, um, you know, falls anymore. So I definitely have, like, thought and contemplated um, car issues, mostly being stuck, stuck in the snow. That's um, kind of scary to me because I didn't, you know, being from coastal California I've and, and having lived in non-snowy places... Utah was the first place I'd ever lived in my life where it actually snows. So that was all new to me. Anyway, I think this is a great story. I love that she's like smoking cigarettes. And um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm an ex-smoker. I used to smoke in my 20s. Um, you know what's weird too is that I never smoked until after I had graduated from college. So... Like, I didn't smoke in high school. I didn't smoke in college. It was, like, not until later on. I was kind of a slow, what would you call it? A late bloomer. I was a late bloomer for stuff like that. Um, but anyway, I quit because, you know, who wants to, like, spend their whole life smoking? It's, I like breathing, I guess, <laughs> is one way to put it. But, um, yeah, if I could just smoke and not be addicted to cigarettes, I would definitely include cigarettes in cigarette smoking and pedal pumping. I feel like it's such a throwback to like the 60s, 70s, 80s, um, even maybe 90s of, of like when smoking was so rampant. You know, when I was in high school back in the dark ages in the 80s and, and early 90s. I, um, we had a smoking section on campus, on the high school campus, where kids who were 18 and over could, and, and faculty, kids and faculty could smoke. Um, smoking was like just a really common thing among teenagers back in, back in the day. Um, for some reason I didn't do it. I guess because I've just always been a little bit of a contrarian. Like, oh, everybody's smoking weed, so I'm not going to, or everybody's um, I don't know, whatever. I <sighs> just rambling about my life. Um, I like this story. Um, I, 
I'm wondering if it's a true story because it kind of it kind of sounds like it. I mean, he Mike's saying that it, he's writing it like it's a true story. So it and it feels like a true story to me. Um, so yeah, I I think this is cool. And she's got an old Buick. That's pretty pretty rad car. Um, and you, Mike, also say that you were young in the late '80s, early '90s. I mean, that's kind of. I graduated from high school in '91. So, and I was 18, so that's kind of like a um, kind of similar similar age bracket there. So, all right, you guys, I think I've yammered on enough for today. This was fun. Send me your stories. I love reading these, even if you don't have punctuation. I mean, I'm not... I'm not really complaining. I just want to like cover my ass and be like, this is why it sounded kind of fucked up in places. Not. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Passing the buck. Um, but I hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back and listening to me yet again. Um, it's nice. It's nice to get a little narcissistic supply on here and have you guys listen and share your stories. I love reading them. I love hearing all the different fun ways that people get off on pedal pumping. So go get off on pedal pumping. Have yourself a good weekend. Buy yourself a little content. And we'll meet back here next week. Same place, same time. New episodes every Thursday. See you then.